Bezrat Hashem. Thank you, beloved brother, Rabbi Ari Volby. We have a synergistic relationship, Rabbi, with one another. Uh, to prove that what Rabbi Wolby said is true, uh, there is a concept in Torah that be fruitful and multiply. Just like Hashem told us to be fruitful and multiply, when someone says a concept in Torah and right away you get a nuance from it, that means that that person's concept was true because it gave birth to a new concept. So this is it's the opposite of Akara, it's the opposite of barren Torah, it's fruitful Torah. So I want to elaborate, and Rabbi Wolb, you could use this with your students also. What does it mean to do a mitzvah in perfection? What, what's perfection? Well, the perfection, I would say like this. The perfection is when we have a perfect coupling of body and soul. In other words, the body is the external aspect of a human being, and the soul is the internal aspect of a human being. When the body and soul are completely, when the mitzvah is done, from inside to out, that is perfection. And there's something, there's something else why it's true. If we look right now, uh, if what someone would look at Gaza, Gaza looks like it's destroyed. But yet Hamas is still very, very strong. Uh, just earlier this evening, there are barrages all over the south of Israel, tremendous barrages in the Tel Aviv area. Uh, where do they get them after all this, the 20th day of the war and where they're still fighting? Because all of Hamas is deep, deep, deep underground. They're so deep underground that even the American bunker busters can't get there. The American bunker busters, they get maybe 10, 12 meters deep, 30, 40 feet. But there are Hamas bunkers that are 70 meters underground, 200 feet underground. And it's they have a more, I, I think they've got more uh, mileage than the London Metro. And that's what's called the Hamas Metro or the Gaza Metro. And I'm starting to think everything in the world is spiritual. So why have we not defeated Hamas? There's so much, so much going on, and, and so many mitzvahs doing death. You see in the, in the south of Israel, the loving kindness, fantastic. There is no more intramural hate in Israel. Everyone is together, right, left, right. All, all the it, this all completely changed. But why is Hamas? Hamas is deep underground, deep underground. Our changes can't be superficial. The moment we take our changes and we make them deep underground, deep inside what Rabbi Volby said, are the perfection. Take that one mitzvah for perfection and do that deep inside. That's going to be our victory. That's going to be our victory. Okay. And that take, take too much time away from Likutei Moran. Uh, we just now did a special Emuna Beams broadcast. It's called right up here at the, the last minute. It's still running from one studio to another. Uh, a lot of people have been asking at Amuna. Hey, Rabbi, what's going on? You all the time say that Hashem does everything for the best. It's all for the best. What could be the best about all these young people being massacred and the babies and the 1,400, 1400 killed here in Israel and the 225 captured and 300 soldiers died? And what, what could be the best? You'll see it on Muna News. It's already up. You can find it on laserbeams.com or amunabeams.com. You can see it's a 12-minute broadcast. It tells about, a lot of people don't know, Iran had a plan to destroy us in one day. And they've been working on the plan for an entire year. And that's why the Nukba, the Hezbollah, uh, the Hamas Special Forces, and the Redouan, Hezbollah Special Forces, they've been training Iran in Iran all year long. 
had this one plan. We'll see you explain the plan. And we will explain, we explain also the six miracles that Hashem did that foiled the plan. What people think is the worst thing in the world, or the best thing in the world. And to see that it's so to take a chance after the, the broadcast, uh, you take go over there and, and, and take a look at it. It's a real eye opener. And thank you, Hashem, for giving us we look at the try to see the news through eyes of Amuna and, and connecting the dots where we have intelligence reports and we have an attend and what we get. From the Iranian media, they're, they're open. They're open about their 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 plan to, to destroy Israel. Okay, Bezrat Hashem. Tonight, Bezrat Hashem. We continue on learning about the light of Noah's Ark with Rabbi Nachman bases Torah one twelve on Soal Tasela Teva that make a light for the make for the light for the Ark. Uh, Rashi gives a double interpretation that one is a light and one is a gem. And we spoke last week, went up last week, we talked about what illuminates a person's soul is when a person connects to the truth. And we say one word of prayer in absolute truth. And again, we're talking about the inner dimension where body and soul, where the mouth and the neshama are in perfect unison. That everything that the mouth is saying to Hashem is 100% truth in the neshama. And when that is that level of truth, that is a level of divine truth, where there is no daylight between the internal dimension and the external dimension. So now we continue on knowing with that, that, that our connection to truth, this connects us to the Almighty, and it's by way of our speech, by way of our prayers. We continue on in Likutei Moran. Uh, indulge, I'm going to say it beginning in Hebrew, it gets my head into it. Uh, rather than just going into translation. Rabbi Nachman, if you're following along in the Likutei Moran, it is a second part, Vehine Yadua. Okay, Vehine Yadua, Shiesh Lemot. And it is known that, who is it known from the Rambam explains this. The Rambam's explanation is a little different from the Arizal because the Rambam, Rambam he explains according to the revealed Torah, and the Arizal explains according to Kabbalistic terms, Kabbalah, and there's an argument whether the Rambam had the Zohar or he didn't, and that's why Rambam, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, arguments between the revealed Torah and the esoteric Torah, with the, the Zohar and, and the Halacha, about what's truth, but it's all truth. You just have to understand that there are different levels and different worlds. Okay, so there are three worlds the Rambam explains. Gashmi. This is the world of angels, the upper world. The Rambam, really, he's not talking about the world of the divine, Olam Hatzilut. Okay, he's not talking, this is the Rizal speaks about that, Rabbi Shum Barakai, but he speaks about things that we can relate to. The upper world is the world of angels, the angelic world. The next world, the middle world, is the celestial world. It's the world of the heavenly bodies, what's called Olam Galgalim. And this is the where the zodiac, the whole zodiac. And this explains, this is the connection. In other words, how does the horoscope work? How do the stars have an influence on nature? This is all comes down in the celestial world. Okay. And then the third world is the, the material world, or the, our world as we know it, which is the Olama Gashmi, the material world. Okay, uh, what Rabbi Nachman doesn't explain here, and we'll explain what we see, because uh, a lot of things Rabbi Nachman says, he assumes that we, we know it. But these really, there are three levels of the soul, nefesh, ruach, neshama, the basic physical soul, the basic animal that every animal has, and then the soul of speech, which is the middle part of the soul, and then the neshama, which is the divine soul. 
Well, the divine soul corresponds to the angelic world, to the world of the angels, because the angels, they have nothing, they don't have no body, but they have a divine soul. They have a divine soul. In other words, our soul is on the same level as an angel, and there are sources that say it's even higher. Because an angel, every time we see in Torah, where an angel had a mission to come down here and got a body, oftentimes the angels would blow it. They they blew it. They couldn't they couldn't function in the body, and that's why I say the angels that came to Abraham they ate meat, meat, meat and milk, and there were even angels that came down to the world and they succumbed to beautiful women, things like that. Then this is this is a wonderful wonderful defense. For humans, when people say things about about us that you know we're not good, that this we do things when we overcome our evil inclination, we're doing things that the angels couldn't succeed in doing. Okay, so this world of angels this corresponds to neshama, and then there is the celestial world, the world of the zodiac, and this corresponds to ruach. We say ruach, that's our mouth, that's our power of speech. This separates us from the animals. The animals don't have ruach. We have ruach, and ruach gives us our power of speech and our power of prayer. This is the level that takes us as already above nature, already above the physical world, because our prayer takes us above the physical world. And therefore, and this is a basic tenet in Amuna. It's a fact in Amuna. People think it's a miracle, but it's a fact in Amuna that our prayers change the course of nature. Change the course of nature. There are people that the doctors have buried and with stage four, the end of stage four of the, the nasty disease. I don't like to mention the name. And people prayed and people had their mouth and other people have prayed for them. And that's it. And they've overcome it. And we see that all, all of Israel is saying Psalms every day. And this is everybody, additional Psalms. And we see the influence. We see what's going on. The prayer alters nature because prayer is above nature. It comes from the mouth, comes from the Ruach. And when it's coupled completely through, it's done perfectly, then it connects with the Nisham and the brain. When the brain is on board with the mouth, and the mouth is not just talking, but the mouth and the brain, and the brain and the heart, and the mouth, they all come together. It's done perfectly. That alters nature. Okay, then the lower world is the physical world, and that's that's our bodies. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says, Misha zochel a person who merits truth, Hashem Olo, if a person merits truth, Hashem illuminates that person. In other words, if we speak the truth, if we live the truth, the more we speak the truth, the more we feel the truth, the more we live the truth, Hashem illuminates us because Hashem's name is truth. Now, what happens, the dynamics is we speak truth. We connect our, our neshamas, our souls become a vessel for divine light because divine light feels fine. This is a climate for divine light because divine light, this is truth. And when we ourselves are true, it's a, it's, it's, it's a five-star hotel for divine light. What is not, as soon, there's an expression, the Melitzer Rebbe has an expression that 99% truth is 100% lie. So as soon as there is a blemish in the truth, we're no longer a worthy vessel, vessel for divine light. Now, Rebbe Nachman says there are two types of truth. There's the type of absolute truth that we spoke about at the end of last week. In last week's lesson, we learned the first part of Torah 112. And that absolute truth, that makes divine light emanate from us. Now, we can understand Moses was so connected to that divine light. That's why Moses came down and his forehead just had, had his rays. It was so strong, the divine light. People couldn't look at him. He had to put this veil on. And this is Michelangelo. <laughs> this is they, 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 they take the, the the Vatican like monkeys in the trees. 
Michelangelo, he translated, there's Karen in Hebrew means two words. It's got a double meaning. It means a horn and it means a ray of light. Okay, so Michelangelo's Vatican translation of the Torah said that Moses came down from Mount Sinai with horns on his head. And that's why throughout the years, the anti-Semites said Jews have horns. comes from Michelangelo. And Michelangelo, because of that translation, if you'll see Michelangelo's uh, uh, statue of Moses, and it, it's got Moses got horns. Where does he get that from? That's it's, it's really the monkey on the tree translation. Okay, so this is uh, this is when a person has absolute truth, he connects to divine light. Okay, Hashem illuminates the person that merits the truth. Now, what happens when as soon as Hashem illuminates the person who merits the truth, because of that illumination, that person becomes a partner and bringing down divine abundance to the world, because divine abundance to the world comes down from divine light. The more we attract divine light, the more we attract divine abundance. And this is that. That's why we said last week that when we connect to the truth, we all not only benefit ourselves, but we benefit the entire world. You bring, uh, you you bring. Listen, when, when David Spire connects to the truth, he brings to the Spire family, and he brings to Ramat Beit Shemesh, and he brings the whole land of Israel and to the whole world. This is how it works. This is how it works if you did concentric circles. So we do good for ourselves, and we do good for the whole world. Rabbi Nachman continues. In other words, now Rabbi Nachman explains that the passage in the Sedra of Noah, the, the, the Torah portion of Noah, that says, make a light. That's a light. Again, Rashi translates that as a spotlight or as a gem, but literally, it's just basic translation make a light for the ark. And Rabbi Nachman interprets this a light for the ark. The ark is the body that encompasses Noah and the animals and everything. Our ark, this is our bodies, and make a light for the ark. How to illuminate our whole beings is to say a word of truth, to say truth, to say a prayer of truth. And this is this illuminates us. Now, Rashi explains like this. Rashi says, Yesh Evan Tov. Rabbi Nachman brings Rashi's explanation. Uh, Rashi says there is a, such a gem, there's a type of gem. In other words, one person says that that the Sohar means a gem, a rare gem, and one person means a light, like you build in your in your sunroom, you build a lighthouse that lets the sun come in. A lighthouse. This was a bit a, a, a window light. A window light for the ark that would even to close the ark because of the rains that there would be a light that a window to let the light in. So that was one interpretation. Rashi is that this is base this window light, okay, skylight. I think called in English what do you call a window? Uh, the, that window in your greenhouse uh, balcony or whatever. It's a, I think it's called a skylight in English. <laughs> be no English. Correct me. Okay, is, am, I, am I right about that, Eric? Okay, good. Thank you. You got thumb up from Eric. Thank you. Okay. And uh, that is the, the skylight. And Rashi says there's another interpretation. It's a gem. Well, wait a second. What's a gem, a rare gem, like a shining diamond? What's that got to do with the skylight? Rabbi Nachman was explained to us. Rabbi Nachman says there are two levels of truth. One level he compares, says both are true. Both of Rashi's 
elaborations are true, but there's one level that's high iron level. In other words, the highest level is absolute truth. Emet lamito, Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman uses all through Likutei Mo'aran. Rabbi Nachman is a concept. says, emet lamito. And there's a, a story. Uh, once Rabbi Nathan came to Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nathan's father-in-law, Rabbi David Arbach, he was one of the greatest rabbis in the Ukraine, and he was a rabbi of 80, 80, 80, 80 towns and cities. And Rabbi Nathan was brilliant. Rabbi Nathan was an ordained rabbi and rabbinical court judge at age 18. At age 18, he knew the whole revealed Torah by heart. He knew all of Shulchan Aruch by heart. He knew of Gemara. Rabbi, Rabbi Nathan was an unbelievable scholar. Okay, so when he met Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman, he was 22. And at that time, his father, his father-in-law wanted him to take over some of this weight, 80 towns. That's a, that's a lot. He had to go from town to town and being the head rabbi of all these 80 towns. And he wanted to give over a mere dozen towns to his son-in-law. He started off and did take some of the weight off my back. So Rabbi Natan went to Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Natan asked Rabbi Nachman, he was worried because he wanted to, he didn't want to be a rabbi. He didn't want to be a rabbi of a town. He wanted to learn by Rabbi Nachman. He wanted to learn how to serve Hashem. His heart burned. He'd been looking for the right way to learn, learn Hashem. And Rabbi Nathan had been by the greatest Siddiqui in the generation. He'd been by uh, all the, the Lithuanian Siddiqui. He'd been by Rabbi Zusha of Hanipoli. He'd been by Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bratichev. And when we finally found Rabbi Nachman, ah, this was uh, this was suave to his soul. This was a, a soothing to his soul, and he didn't want to leave. But now his father-in-law, his father-in-law is the, one of the greatest rabbis of generation, and says that he should be a rabbi. Now goes to his rebbe, Rabbi Nachman, and he says, Rabbeinu, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, my father-in-law wants me to be rabbi of 12 towns. Should I go? Rabbi Nachman says, yes, take the position. He says, but then, Rebbe, I won't be able to learn by you. He says, what's truth? He says, the truth is that you should take the position by your father-in-law. He says, Rebbe, that's truth. Rebbe Nachman said, he said, but the truth of the truth, the emet lamito, that you should stay by me and be my prime disciple. So there we learn from this, uh, this anecdote that Rebbe Nachman had this concept of truth and core truth, truth of truth. And he brings this right here. He brings this right here in Torah 112. And he says like this, we talk about the two levels that Rashi indicates, the level of a gem and the level of a skylight. So Rabbi Nachman says that the first level, the highest level, this is the divine truth level. This is, he calls it Emet Lamito. He doesn't call it Emet Eloki. He doesn't use Hashem's name. He says Emet Lamito. This is absolute truth. Absolute truth like Hashem. Because Hashem, we explained last week, how Hashem's name is truth. It's, a, it's got a gematria of 441. It's gematria of truth. And that's Hashem's signet ring. The Gemara says Hashem's signet ring is truth. And we explain that Gemara, how that comes out. Okay, that's Hashem's name. And that's how Hashem revealed himself to Moses. I am that I am. I am that I am. And the holy tongue in Hebrew and the letters come together to make the truth. Okay, so what happens with divine truth? If a person merits divine truth, you don't have to say a word. If a person marries divine truth, this is the level of Moses, and the divine truth illuminates from you automatically. You don't, you don't feel it. It illuminates automatically. It illuminates automatically. And wherever you go, 
Uh, people are wow, they they, they they can't look at you. The kid, and that's what the Torah says, because the name of Hashem is on your countenance, it's reflecting for your countenance, and people have awe of you, they fear you. Okay, so this illuminates itself. It doesn't need a generator. It doesn't need a light that they plug it in through electricity. When a person merits this emet lamito, the truth of truths, called core truth or divine truth, mean the same thing, then it illuminates on its own. Okay, that is, uh, and Rabbi Yapa says, Rabbi Nachman says, that's a gem. When you take a diamond that shines, it shines anywhere. It shines anywhere. It shines from itself. This is the rare gem, the diamond, because it's rare. Divine truth is very rare. Not many people merit divine truth because so many people are into societal correctness and political correctness and convenience and they're they're far from divine divine truth. Okay, so this is the higher level that it illuminates with itself. Uh, Rabbi Nachman says the lower level is the basic truth. This is a basic truth when we try our best to get to the truth, but we're not so refined that we can say that we've internalized the divine truth. So in this, we become a window to reflect divine light, but we can't direct. It's like a, a secondhand reflection. It, imagine that looking directly at the sun or looking at the sun as it reflects off of glass. <clears throat> so the second light is we're like, become like a skylight and that the light of the sun is reflected off of us. In other words, it's not looking directly. It's like looking through, that's, that's the lower level. And this is the level of a skylight. And so Rabbi Nachman is saying there's no discrepancy in Rashi's interpretation of the Torah because they represent two different levels. Rabbi Nachman continues, because this difference that we're explaining between the skylight and the rare gem, because the rare gem, it illuminates by itself, but a, a window, it can't illuminate by itself. When it's dark outside, the darkness, the window is dark. Okay, so, but a per, something, an outside source of light, like the sun, that can umlate through it. So when a person with a lower level of truth, he still connects to Hashem, Hashem will illuminate his soul, okay, and will reflect divine light. But a person who merits the absolute truth, like Moses did, the divine light reflects within himself. Because you have to remember, we all have the divine light. The Zohar tells us that the soul is It's a tiny microchip, a tiny part of Hashem. So it has the potential. We all have the potential of being a Moses. If we work hard enough on attaining that truth, we, we all have that potential. Okay. Rabbi Nachman continues. Describes the window, the skylight, as a cubit. It says how many a cubit. Ama Roshetevus and Rebbe says, but the, the, the cubit Ama, its initials of Ash and Mayim. It's an it's the initials of water and fire. 
And he says that our speech is a mixture. We learned this in Kabbalah. It's a mixture of water and fire because there are the five utterances of the throat. And that we do we talk about how many cubits to make that. Rabbi Nachman explains the internal meaning that it means use your words for prayer. Okay, because speech is called ama, and because it's a combination of Asian mayim, water, and fire. Asher lemala, and this is it should be it it should be from above. And this is comes, Rabbi Nachman says, this comes from Psalm 84. It's Psalm 84, called Tanafshi. That in this, Rabbi Nachman, he, he takes every word of Torah and reveals layers and layers and layers and layers of secrets. That uh, when he says that the skylight should be above we look up at the skylight the skylight should be above us then this is an indication that we should be yearning to above to hashem in other words our aspirations should not be down the ground from mundane things and and the, the, the earthly world our aspirations should be above the shem we should be looking at that skylight our eyes should be above and this when we have this yearning when we pray then our words begin to illuminate. And now Rabbi Nachman says there's something else that's told how to make the, the, the ark. And the opening says, The Torah says that you put an opening to the ark in the side. That's Lashon side B'piv. Rabbi Nachman says this is all a play in words. Sida means the side. And Sida also means hunting. Because we did, where would he see this word? That Asaph hunted his father, his father Isaac, with his words. How did Asaph fool Isaac? He hunted, he hunted his father with his words. He hunted his father's soul. And he tried to fool that alludes to the evil inclination, the dark side. Sida, that's a side, and it's also hunting. Rabbi Nachum brings them both together again. Both meanings are one. It means, yes, the side, but the dark side, which is the evil inclination. The allusion to Esau, Esau's angel, which tries to steal our prayers, which tries to uh, take us away from prayer, take us away from the spiritual world, bring us back down in the phys physicality, and bring us in the dark side. Now, Rabbi Nachman explains. Now we come to our time of danger, or our time of challenge, to our time when we've got a health challenge. We've got a monetary challenge. We've got a existential challenge. We've got a challenge. We don't know the way out. We don't know the way out. And it's with Rabbi Nachman, he's giving us the way out. This is the way out. And we have to believe in it, believe in our power of prayer, and believe that this is going to peer through the darkness. Rabbi Nachman says that we should make an opening in the side, in the dark side. How do we make an opening in the dark side? We do that with our prayers. Kloma. That we have to make a directed opening in the prayer. What's a directed opening? Uh, any Korean karate expert, he knows what a directed opening is. Because for him to go through those eight boards, to bust those six cinder blocks, he's got to have exact focus, exact direction. You don't call him in the middle of a strike because he's going to break his hand. 
And it goes total focus. And this is what Rabbi Nachman says. We have to have focus with our prayers. Focus on every word we're saying. And Barrett, if we focus on, on a whole big prayer, one word is truth. It's already, it, it puts it, it, it pierces like giving a sword. It pierces a wound to the dark side. And it already, all you need, if you're in a room of darkness and there's all this light outside, make one hole in the wall and you're going to have the light streaming through the hole. Okay, so even one word of prayer, this already pierces the darkness. Now, what happens when it pierces the darkness? The light comes in. What's the light that comes in? It's not the light of the sun, and it's not the light from the electric company. It's a Shem's light. So as soon as the Shem illuminates the darkness, even if we're on the lower level, we're not on the level of absolute truth. We're on the level we're talking through a Shem, I need your help. There's nothing more true than that when you're under fire. And it doesn't matter whether you're under fire or whether it's under health fire or under monetary fire or under military fire. Hashem, I need your help. I can't do it without you. Oh, that's true. Boom. You've just pierced a hole in the dark side. So you pierce a hole in the dark side, then the dark side is going to come back and it's going to attack also. So the stronger we connect to the truth, the more we overcome. Okay, that's the second part. We now start the third part. Let's see if we can get through the third part of Torah 112. Third part of Torah 112, Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nachman says, what do you do when you're in the darkest dark? In a darkest dark, you're in the middle of a major financial crisis, major family crisis, you're in a war. The missiles are far outside. They're right there. You did, and and this is for survival. I know there's so many people. I get telephone calls and WhatsApps and emails, and is it were it not for Amuna, I'd be in a funny farm. I hear this all day long. Were it not for Amuna, were it not for Amuna, and I'm hearing this for people that are not eating kosher necessarily or keeping Shabbat. But that's the first thing, Amuna. Amuna will bring them to everything. And that's why this is the beginning of Mashiach. It's right here. It's happening right now. It's just what we knew. And to show you what, what else, what we hear is happening in the United States right now, uh, the B'nai Brit, what they have their organizations called the, the Anti-Defamation League. Anti-Defamation League is reporting since the start of the war, anti-Semitic hate acts, physical violent hate acts. We're not talking about words. We're not talking about up 438%. In other words, over four times more. And uh, I, I just spoke with you. I got calls from the States today. Woman that uh, she's beside herself. That uh, she's been in the subway. Subway in a Jewish neighborhood. And somebody came in and just hit her in the face. She got a, you got a punch right in the face. Is that Things that you, can, you can't imagine. And, and the chutzpah. The, the chutzpah didn't do this. And in Europe. America is good. What what in Europe? Uh, I got uh, big big prayers for for all our beloved brothers and sisters in the UK. What's going on in London and uh, with with London? The demonstrations we see pictures they show us here on on our media. The demonstrations in London, demonstrations all through Germany, demonstrations in France. So you have to tell people you could be a tell people it's not Israel's war. This is the front line against evil. Okay. It's going to be what people think it's hunky dory in Europe and America. No, 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 no. And uh, it's critical that Israel overcome this evil. Because overcome this evil has ramifications 
on all over Europe, the UK, America, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, all over. That's it's critical. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says, Ika Kavona, what do we do when we're in this darkest of the dark? That's why especially I picked Torah 112 to learn this time. We're not going to finish tonight, but hopefully we'll finish next week. But this is the Torah we need to learn right now. Okay, when the deepest darkness, what do you do? And a person is surrounded by thickness and layers of thickness of darkness, does not know the way out. And heaven forbid, it's just more layers and layers and layers of darkness. I can't find a single way. Doesn't think of a single way. It doesn't have money. It has a health problem. Doesn't know how to get to the doctor. Some people don't even have a place to live. They don't know where the next meal is going to come from. Darkness, darkness, darkness. So what does Rebbe Nachman say? Ikaritza. That is the principal advice. There's nothing else. You don't run to the doctor. You don't run to the lawyer. You don't run to the benevolent aid society to help you. You don't run to kill. The Rebbe says, A person should pull himself to truth. Time out in the field. Okay, I'm going to get at all the lies that society is telling me. There is no... There's no CNN. There's certainly no BBC. <laughs> David Dome said, yeah, lovely cartoon. <laughs> about to love that. Yeah. Okay. That was something. We certainly don't listen to them. And we don't. Li- <laughs> okay. David's laughing. All right. We certainly don't listen to them. Uh, we listen to Shem. We listen to Shem. We listen to our souls. When our souls connect to Hashem, because we can literally hear Hashem talking to us. Okay, we connect to the truth. And look, a person gets to say, what is the truth of truth? And this was the people wrote me all week long and then to try to, to bash Imuna and then to bash me and what they talk about and the 13 principles and all for the best and all from Hashem. I give them my answer this evening. We're going to write there the six miracles that whatever happened with the massacre, it was the massacre that saved our lives. It was the massacre that saved our lives. And I said, really briefly, go in and see that because uh, Hamas and the Nukva, their special forces were so bloodthirsty, they couldn't resist the rave party. When they saw these thousand people, young people, they couldn't resist, they attacked. But it was eight hours ahead of time. They were supposed to be safe with Hezbollah to attack eight hours later. And they attacked. And they forgot what they were supposed to do. Hamas was supposed to capture the entire division of Gaza. If you capture the division of Gaza, it's open to Beersheba. Guess what else is open? The road to Demona is open. What's in Demona? The nuclear reactor. Hamas wanted to take Israel's main air force, air force base, and the nuclear reactor. Imagine at the same time, Hezbollah, Hezbollah planned with the Radwan force—that's their strike force—to capture the Galilee. In the army in the middle, and it'd be so much, uh, so much confusion. And there's an expression in Arabic, an expression in Arabic that if a camel falls, sharpen your knife. Okay, so if the Israeli animals, uh, the Israeli Arabs would see that uh, Hezbollah is succeeding in the north, and the Hamas is sitting in the south, the whole central of Israel would have been crazy, crazy. It would have been chaos. And so what happened you know, to see Hashem did miracles. What looks to us as bad, when you see Iran's plan, Hashem foiled the plan by miracles. 
And Hashem fooled the dark side, fooled the evil. Go in and then take a look at that with with the silver. You see, it's already up on amunabeans.com, laserbeams.com. You'll be glad you did. Okay, because you could see, and this thank you, Hashem, for enabling us to, to do that and to, to be able to explain Amuna how everything is for the best. So now stop and think, what is the truth? I've got this tremendous, tremendous problem. It's all for the best because that's the truth. Where's my problem come from? I didn't do anything wrong. It's from Hashem. Okay, maybe Hashem wants to educate me. It's all from Hashem. So what the thing is, not just when people say, you know, they, they say, okay, say thank you, Hashem. It invokes divine goodness. But people say from the mouth. But that's not true. That's not true. That, that you know, like, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. But you'll feel it in your heart. We're talking about connecting the heart, the mind, the brain, everything, the heart, the brain, and the mouth, and saying, Hashem. You do everything for the best. That's true. I know I hurt like crazy. Hashem, I've got no solution. Hashem, I'm in darkness. Hashem, get me out of here. That's true. Everything you just said is true. You need to escape. Everything you just said is true. It's absolute core truth. So you know what's going to happen? Hashem is going to get you out of there. Hashem is going to get you out of there because you connect the core truth. Now what's happening? Oh, Hashem. Why are you doing this to me? You hate me. <laughs> Hashem. That's that's that nothing can be further than the truth. Hashem is a loving father in heaven. Sure, it hurts. Sure, it hurts like crazy. Yeah, it's like crazy. People that have been through war, people do operations, people with sicknesses, and they can see when the smoke clears, it's all for the best. It's all for the best. And I know a lot of people are doing big time chuva that Hashem, I doubted you. Hashem, how could I doubt you? And, and they see it's all for the best. They say everything is for the best. So this is what Rabbi Nachman says. You want to get out of the darkness? Connect to the truth. Hold on to one word of truth. This is all for the best. Maybe you don't believe it yet. Okay, so if you don't believe it yet, you're not going to be on the high level and the divine level, but at least you're going to say something that's true because it is true and go back and review the three words of Amuna. And that's why we say it's a rescue plan. It's a rescue plan. And that's what Rabbi Nachman explains right here. We didn't bring anything new. These are all concepts from, from Rabbeinu, from Rabbi Nachman, from the Baal Shem Tov. Because it says, what's that? That's Hashem Uwe. We say all through the month of Elul, all through the high holidays, until when do we say Till Simcha Torah. That's the last day when the war, Hashem Ori V'yishi. Hashem is my light and my salvation. This is what Rabbi Nachman says right here. This is what's going to save us. Hashem Uwe. Hashem is my light. Hashem is my salvation. This one takes out of darkness. And the last day, the 50 days of the year, we say that is on Simchat Torah when the war started. Took us right up and including that last day. Including that, that's the first day of the war while the massacre was going on. Kevan Shashem Olo. Ah, you just said something true. Hashem, oh, Hashem is my light. Yeah, you're in darkness. You can't see an opening. You don't know how to get out of there. But you say, Hashem is my light. Oh, that is very true. That is very true. Hashem says, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, you call me your light and you're in this darkness? I know you're in the darkness. Hashem says, I put you in the darkness, but you call me your light. Now I'm going to illuminate your life. So instead of complaining, and you don't have to say an artificial, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. The guy says, thank you, Hashem, that he's bankrupt. Thank you, Hashem, that he's got terminal disease. You don't have to say that. It's Hashem, it's all for the best. It's all for the best. That's it. That's the truth. That's the core truth. Because it's all for the best. That's the principle of Muna. That's the first principle of Muna. 
כיוון שהשם עולו אין שום חושך שיחשיך אותו. Look what Rabbi Nachman says. This is our here. We just called up the reserves. The reserves are already here. Rabbi Nachman says, because a person says, Hashem, you illuminate my life, no darkness in the world can overcome that utterance. As soon as a person says, Hashem, you illuminate my life, that's it. Your life is illuminated and Hashem is going to rescue. If a person, I wish, I wish, get this message to the dungeons, the tunnels of Gaza, and if every one of the prisoners right now would yell, Hashem, Oli, Hashem, Oli, I... I don't know what happened to Hamas. I don't know what happened to Hamas. But if anybody has any contact with a prisoner by family, this and that family of prisoners, this is what you have to tell him. Hashem Oyri, Psalm 27. Hashem Oyri Hashem is my light and my salvation. And every family, even all of us, we, we say we would say one, Psalm 130 twice a day for all of Israel, for the army, of the soldiers. And uh, I want to say for the captives, I would suggest Rabbi Nachman says it right here, Psalm 27. Rabbi Nachman's words, because Hashem illuminates, there's no darkness in the world can convict that. Rabbi Nachman says, as soon as you say that, you're going to merit to see the openings in the darkness, the openings to get you out of there. And this is exactly what uh, King David says, and the opening of the world illuminates. And even a simple-minded understands that this uh, King David says that. Now, Rabbi Nachman, he concludes, but he comes to in the conclusion. Va'ika, once again, the most important thing, that in his prayers and his supplications and requests, so, so deep, in sorrow, so deep in pain that you can't even pray, can't even open your mouth. You can't, can't help like that. Person goes to the dude. And I, I know last night, last night in the moon hour, somebody asked a question about what happens. I go to the dude and open my mouth and nothing comes out. And this Rebbe Nachman, this I told the Rebbe Nachman gives the answer. This Here's the answer right now. He's so deep in pain. Just imagine the families here in the south of Israel. That their whole world has crumbled. They got no house. They had to leave the house with a, a, a little rucksack. A little rucksack. Just imagine that you've got four minutes to pack a rucksack and leave your house. All your possessions, everything is burned, everything down. Parents, children, captivity in Hamas. You don't know they're alive or dead or they're maimed or whatnot. It's so much pain. And just think about it, so much pain. And Rabbi Nachman gives exactly what to do right here. Rabbi Nachman says, with so much pain that you can't talk, from the depth of the darkness that surrounds it, even so, even so, say one word of truth, just one word. Even it's a little word of truth. Hashem, you're my father. Say that, Hashem, you're my father. Truth, absolute truth. And it's with the, 
okay, yeah, it's darkness. Yes, it's pain. Yeah, you're hurt all over. You don't know where the next meal's coming from. You don't know if you're going to live for another 60 seconds. Yeah. And then say it over and over again until you say it with enthusiasm. Hashem, you're my father. Hashem, you're my father. And then on the 60th time you say it, it's going to be true. You're inside truth. And that is going to pierce the darkness. That's it. Say it over and over if you don't mean it. And Rabbi Nachman says, that by way of this truthful word, sign check from Rabbi Nachman, by this one word of truth, you're going to see the way out of the darkness. And this way he's going to escape the darkness. And you'll be able to pray like you're supposed to pray. And then, really, that's calling in the reserves, all the additional words of prayer. And through this true word, we will merit to see the openings within the darkness. And as a result, we'll be worthy of coming out of the darkness and into the light and to pray like we should pray. And that's the second and third part of Torah 112 next week. We'll see the fourth part. And you can see this is not living room philosophy. This is when you're deep down, deep down in, 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 in the bowels of, of Hades, in the lowest of the low, in the darkest of the dark, and it's practical. And beloved brothers and sisters, it works. And we should all see light and salvation for our individual light and salvation and for the people of Israel and the Shem should free the captives and guard the soldiers and should every blessing and with our own eyes, see Mashiach, see our holy Mashiach and rebuilding our whole temple, speeding our days. Amen.